welcome to the first. That's right. We made it. We made it through 2020. So it is it's officially time. The first fight talk fight talk podcast talking all about this MMA news. We got a bunch of UFC matchups to talk about today, kicking 2021 off with a little bit of a mixed bag, of course. We've got about a little less than two weeks uh, away from our, our first card of the year in the UFC. Um, but uh, some fun stuff tonight, today. I almost said tonight, man. It's been one of those weekends. Uh, John Mosley here with Steven Jensen, as always. Uh, Steven, man, how was the weekend? I know both of our teams won, so that in itself is pretty dope. Yeah, both our teams won. Your win was a bit more important. Um, but fair. Yeah. So congratulations to the Titans. That last second field goal. Uh, really nice to see. And I'm happy for it. Obviously I lived like a decade or so, um, in Nashville. So I'm happy to see the Titans being successful. And, um, obviously I love that city. I still consider Nashville home basically. Like if someone asked me where I'm from, say Atlanta, Nashville, like, you know what I mean? Pretty much, you know, got love for Nashville. So hopefully, especially with like the, the bombing and all that shit like just yeah man yeah so hope hope it's good to see the titans doing well and, and getting wins and uh and yeah the vikings got the you know win to end the season out kirk kirk cousins threw for over 400 yards i think he had three passing touchdowns uh just playing some damn good football if the vikings can put to end of course you know i don't want to miss just jefferson of course i mean just breaking records uh he had beaten or he had broken randy moss's uh, rookie catches uh, receptions uh, record last week for the Vikings. And this week he passed Randy Moss and Anquan Bolden to be the most yard receiving yards ever for a rookie in NFL history. So uh, really, really great. And, you know, Adam Thielen's playing great still. And obviously, you know, Dalvin Cook and he lost Dalvin Cook lost his dad this past week. So, you know, thoughts are out for him. Um, so, but anyway, this, without making this a Vikings podcast, they look very, very good heading into next year. They obviously didn't make the playoffs, but, uh, they, they plug in a couple holes there. Like they got some issues on the offensive line and a couple defensive moves they probably need to make. But I mean, and they got to get their kicker figured out. Dan Bailey's still missing field goals. I mean, just, you know, so new kicker, some new weapons on the offensive line, uh, some people who could preferably block um, for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, maybe a couple pieces on defense, a couple changes on defense. And, I mean, I'm very optimistic for next season. So, at least there's that. No, yeah, good core. Uh, that's a team, a lot of close games this year. So, yeah, I think uh, it definitely could be – one of those, uh, you know, no playoffs this year, but I would not be shocked to see the Vikings uh, maybe win a couple of those close games next year and be right back in uh, in the thick of things in the NFC, man. But, yeah, anytime you can go out with a dub. And, yeah, I, I mean, you, you've got Jefferson alone. Like, that kid, you just got to get him the ball, um, and you're, and you're going to get something out of it. Uh, Dalvin Cook's the dude. Cousins, man, kind of slept on his line yesterday was very impressive. I mean, I flipped over at one point and caught a little bit of it, and uh, uh, it was towards the end of the game, man. It looked like he had a pretty good game. So, uh, yeah, watch out for the Vikings. Hopefully the Titans um, whoop the Baltimore Ravens' ass again this weekend, and we can talk about that a little next Monday. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely rooting for the, for the Titans. With the Vikings being out, the Titans are definitely uh, definitely pulling for them. 
Hell yeah, man. Yeah, fuck the Ravens. Um, but we're not here to talk about as all the NFL um, that we could. We're here to talk about some MMA news. We got a few matchups that we're really excited to get into, but some news and notes to start things off. Uh, actually, this one just came across uh, my Twitter feed right before we started recording. Uh, thanks to Steven Jensen. So the Max Holloway, Calvin Qatar main card um, on January 16th, We'll be on ABC, man, the main card. We, we heard some rumors about this um, the last few weeks, but it's official. The, uh, the prelim and the main card will both be on ESPN Plus still, but um, that main card that it kicks off at 3 p.m. Eastern e, uh, on ABC, bro, broadcast television. Um, I think it's the first time that live MMA ever has aired on a- ABC, so kicking off the year with uh, some big stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, the UFC, I mean, I, I think it's a good move. Because I think a lot of people will watch it that probably wouldn't have. So that's just interesting because ABC is like super mainstream. Like, I mean, ESPN is as well. But like, there's kind of like ESPN is specifically for sports. So like it exactly. kind of, you know, yeah, like ABC is like a family network where like I think ABC I'm thinking like now, granted, I haven't watched anything on ABC and I mean, it's been two decades. But when I think of those kind of chan- <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I think of those kind of channels, I think of like, I don't G-G-I-F, know. bro. Yeah, yes. World. Yes. Uh, exactly. That's a step by step, you know, like, yep. like, the, like these kind of shows <laughs> um, like that's that's what I think of. So it'll be uh, I mean, I think it's. I think it's smart for the UFC. Like, why wouldn't you take that that offer? However, that worked out. Like, um, you know, I, I think it. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm only indifferent about it at all, only because I. I mean, I could see there being like a PR issue there potentially. Like, maybe like if there's like a bunch of like little kids that watch it or something in the middle of the day on ABC because they're used to watching fucking you know. Urkel or whatever and, <laughs> and, and you know what I mean they see like you know, dudes with their heads busted open like getting pounded in the face with broken noses like I I don't know like I it's, you know what I mean no it's I think it's if it were a later and then I think it's a perfect slot I guess that's the easiest way to say this um the perfect slot time-wise for what we're getting here because of it being kind of that middle of the day on a Saturday um, usually, you know, if it's college football season right now, about that time, there's, there's probably a college football game on ABC. Um, if hey, it's, that's fair. that's fair. You know what I mean? Like if it's hockey season, maybe there's a hockey game. No, I think hockey might be NBC. Um, anyway, my point being, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're getting some crossover from, from that sport audience. You're definitely going to have maybe, you know, not maybe definitely people that probably would not, that do not have ESPN plus they will watch, you know, fans that maybe don't, uh, don't have the ESPN Plus package. Um, they're they're going to watch. So it's going to be a good number. I like the time slot. It's an interesting move out of the gate because, you know, if things do go well, um, this feels like something, as we saw last year, let's all be hopeful um, uh, early on in, uh, in 2021 and, and assume that things will be a little bit easier this year compo- uh, compared to last year. And UFC was so active last year still 
maybe if things go well, man, we see a little bit of um, of these Saturday cards uh, in, in 2021 for for Dana, because, you know, these are these are good ad revenue dollars, dog. Yeah, well, I mean, I personally, as a fan, I love watching free shows and yep. I, and I love the like even when the UFC does stuff in other countries, when sometimes it'll be like the card will start in you know nine a.m. our time or something. I actually prefer that to the night shows. I like watching it in the morning and the afternoon, and then kind of having my night to do whatever. Um, so, you know, for me as a fan, I think it's great. But I'm glad you brought up the college football stuff because as Mose knows this because we actually just yeah. talked about this before <laughs> we were rolling. I don't follow college football, so like. I don't, I don't know that college football is even on ABC. I mean, I do now that he said it, and it makes sense that it would be. Um, so if, if that's kind of the audience that they normally get, that makes perfect sense that you would want to put the UFC there. And in that case, it's a very, very, very smart move. Um, so you don't have to really worry about any of the stuff that I just brought up about, like, kids. I mean, I mean there's a lot of kids who watch college no, football. but no, you, you do, yeah. You bring up a good point. This is, I mean, the main event's Max Holloway, Calvin Qatar. I mean, that's that's a violent fight on paper. We, we're pretty sure we know we're going to get there. So that is, it's an interesting point because of that aspect of there are going to be kids chilling, watching, you know, watching grown men just beat the hell out of each other. So it. it that that's the, the flip of it that has me interested because do you get a couple, I think you maybe you get a couple of complaints out of, you know, some uh, let's be polite and say very, uh, very conservative parents that probably don't want this at, you know, three o'clock Eastern on a, on a Saturday. But uh, in the grand scheme of thing of things, I think it, it's, it's a great move, but you did bring up, it's, it's an interesting point to make because there is some, uh, some levity to it. Yeah, well, and the thing, too, is, like, it's the time of day that I'm really, like, that's really the concerning thing for me, is, like, the, because if it was at night, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care, because, like, you know, the UFC was on Fox and stuff, and it's on ESPN, like, you know, but it's at, it's usually at night and stuff, like, it just, uh, that's the thing that's kind of, like, confusing to me, not confusing, but that's kind of what's throwing me off about, like, the idea of it is, like, the middle of the day, like, when, you know, I, that that's but once again I think that as a fan it's going to be great I love that I'm going to be able to watch the show earlier in the day that's going to be on a free channel and uh, and I mean Calvin Cater match always a fucking awesome matchup like that's one of the best fights they could possibly put on at featherweight so like I, for me as a fan it's great and I mean the other thing is like you know I would have watched it no matter what channel it was on like anyways like I have ESPN plus and you know, fight pass and all that stuff. Like if I need to use that stuff too. So like as a, as a fan, as a fan, it doesn't affect me at all personally, but I think they could potentially bring in a lot of, like you were saying, you can potentially bring on a lot of people to watch the show because it's on ABC when you normally would have college football that you could bring in a, a kind of a new audience potentially, which I think is really smart for the UFC and, you know, and ABC to, to try that. Because if it works out, like you were saying, like, I could see ABC, if it's successful, they could do that more often uh, when the when the college football season is over. And uh, or I guess, is it over now or is it about to be over? Yeah, college football is about to be over. The the championship game, I believe it is this weekend. Um, it's within the next 10 days for us recording right now, I believe. So um close to it that's that's my bread and butter um i I love that's why again going back to uh to steven's point the the spectrum here he 
is very on the he basically when the Vikings draft a player, Steven's like, all right, who the fuck is this guy? Um, where yes. <laughs> usually it, whenever the Titans draft somebody, I'm like, I've been watching this guy for four years. That's I, I, that's my my outside of MMA. My other favorite sport would probably be college football over any football. But um, I, I think I think it's an interesting part of this. Um, let me ask you this real quick. So with it being on ABC, does Dana come in? Is there like an email or something going around just saying, you know, anyone that cusses, I'm fucking cutting you. Like I'm looking <laughs> to cut people. If you cuss on ABC and screw this up, you're, you're gone. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the censors or whoever dude. is working behind the scenes have just got to be ready. Cause it's hard like, to filter dudes with testosterone. Like <laughs> you cannot say the F bomb on ABC. <laughs> well, cause that's, that's the thing is like, there's kind of that inherent like risk that you yeah like you're kind of assuming that though by even i don't know how to even like kind of articulate this the way i'm 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 want to like if you're gonna if you're gonna put the ufc on your television network you you can't like you like none of us know what it feels like to get in a you in a fight in a ufc cage with millions of people watching the emotion like you said the testosterone everything involved like you can't you can't expect someone to have to like change their mindset mid-fight and like not say or do something because they're like oh wait a second i'm on abc like families are watching this like i can't say that (laughs) you know what i mean like if like if you put like nick diaz on on abc you can't prevent him from him being like let's go bitch little motherfucker like while he's fighting people because that's what he does yeah you're I can tell you right now, you're not going to get a Diaz brother anywhere near ABC. <laughs> well, um, right, sure. <laughs> it's just not Dana Wise. I'm looking right now. The only there's only three uh, locked in fights here, um, but everybody on here, no one's really striking me. Is that um, you know I, I, I'm very interested to see. So Joaquin Buckley, who we talked about a lot in 2020, I don't know if he's on the main card, the prelim card, but it, it's now it's an interesting argument. Um, of who do you put on this main card, right? I mean, this is a an audience that you're hoping to tap into. We've lost a couple fights um, already. I'm looking into now that I didn't know about that. I was like, damn, that'd have been dope. But uh, I know for the for fans in general, Max Holloway, Calvin's enough. Like you said, that's a pay per view main event. Um, but it is it's, it's another just different aspect of this of who who do you put on this ABC card? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they're gonna go mainly with fights that are already signed and announced and just move them like they did with with the hallway and cater fight or if they're gonna kind of actively try to put on when is the show again yeah january 16th uh from abu dhabi uh some names that do stick out just again these are not uh, confirmed these are kind of heavily rumored that could be we've got uh ponzanibo and lee ji lang as a possibility nick lentz is on here i see beshko heya maybe fighting Ricky Simon. Um, on the only three confirmed fights other than our main event, um, Ogmedov versus Tom Breeze, and then David Zawada uh, versus Ramazan Emiv are the only three locked-in fights. Okay. Well, some of that was really good. Like, uh, Ponzinibbio and Jing Liang. Yeah. That's a really good fight. 
Um, I missed some of the others that you had said. You kind of cut in and out there for a second. Oh, sorry. No, just just um, some names. Besh Cohea is linked. Uh, Warley Alves is linked. Uh, like I said, uh, Joaquin Buckley and Alessio Di Chirico is is rumored. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, I would see. I mean, it's really soon. So yeah. the first. The first thing that comes to mind, though, would be like Wonder Boy, though. He'd be like the perfect, you know, guy to put on a show like that. He fought really recently, and I highly doubt that, you know, he would fight on the 16th of this month. But he's the kind of guy that if they go back to ABC, I would want someone like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson on the yeah. show because he's such a good um, he's such a good representative, I think, for MMA and a very likable guy, very polite guy, the nicest motherfucker. Um <laughs> Uh, holder uh but the only problem with that i potentially is i think that they should do wonder boy and masvidal again i think that they should run that back and i don't know about putting masvidal on abc for the same reasons as the no yeah (laughs) (laughs) well no man um it's interesting there's a lot of questions again you can tell man we've We've not had fights now for a couple weekends, and we're just—I'm itching to get back and see uh, see this card again. Max Holloway, Calvin Qatar, January sixteenth on ABC. It's 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 exciting, man. Um, Very mainstream. Very yeah, and it will be. Of course, everyone you everyone are like us already paying for ESPN Plus. If you are, uh, you can watch it there. You're paying for it, but yeah, it's it's going to be on broadcast TV. Uh, the prelims will only be on ESPN Plus. Again, main card only. Um, fired up for it, man. Uh, uh, other news note that uh, that stuck out to us. I wanted your thoughts on this. It's official. Clarissa Shields joining Jackson Wink full time in her transition to to the cage. First, uh, initial thoughts. I think it's a very smart idea. I saw some stuff with her training with John Jones not too long ago, and that's really promising. Uh, she's going to have some of the best coaches in the world and uh, best training partners. There have been people over the years who have had falling outs with the Jackson Wink gym, uh, guys like Diego Sanchez. Um, I think Cowboy Cerrone did as well. And there's there's been some others. Um, and I don't know the full story there. Like, I can't really cast stones, you know, one way or another. But there have been people like John Jones who have been there for a really long time and they've been super successful um, I, I remember the Rashad Evans thing, of course, too, with him leaving during the John Jones buildup. Um, but that all being said, like if I mean, if she's got John Jones there and she's got like, you know, you have a lot of good training partners. And uh, yeah, I think it's a really, a really, really good idea. And the thing with Clarissa Shields is she's going to be it's going to be similar to Henry Cejudo, where. Cejudo, because he was an Olympic gold medalist, he didn't have that many fights before he was thrown right into the deep end. Like, people don't realize, I think, I ha- I don't have it in front of me, but Cejudo probably had less than 15 fights total in his MMA career. And probably within the first, like, five of them, he was fighting, like, world championship contender level people. So... I think Shields is going to be the same kind of boat. She's going to either be thrown in there like immediately with a Kayla Harrison or somebody super high level to see if she can sink or swim, or she'll have like one or two kind of fights to see where she's at before she takes a leap like that. But it is very smart of Shields to get with a gym that is 
so world renowned and has so many good people there. It, I mean, that's that also shows how serious she is about this to to link up there. So I think it's a really really good move. Yeah, she made. I can't remember the exact quote, but she said something to the effect of she wants to prove you know boxers can make this move to to MMA and be really successful with it. And I think a decision like this. Um, shows that she's, you know, as serious as one can be. Uh, I think to, to kind of answer your question, you didn't really ask. I, I think we see her in there, maybe build up a couple fights, uh, maybe in there, maybe in there with someone early on the first fight or two that maybe we, we get to see the hands and then maybe that second fight, um, maybe a little, little more of a challenge from a wrestling technique, but still you want her, I mean, it's it's like wrestling, man. You, you know, you want her to win. Uh, you can't say it, but that's that's money in the bank. Um, all that said, I, I w- would not be shocked to see within within those first three or four fights, you know, it'd be a big title fight. It'd be a big money fight um, and, and really see where she's at because you already don't you, – we don't know a lifespan in, in MMA. Anything can happen at any time, but um, you want to get the most bang for your buck. Uh, I'm excited for it, man. That's another thing to look out for in 2021 is where where exactly and how soon does it take for us to maybe get Shields and Harrison? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll want to do that as soon as they possibly can. But you also don't want... And I don't, so the thing with Shields is, you know, it, it's like it just it depends on what route they want to go. Because she could go in there with Harrison right now. And if she wins, she's, you know, already with her accolades and everything. It's something to watch in MMA. And it's something that, um, you know, she's going to get a lot of attention for. And the UFC is going to get really very, you know, very, very, very interested in getting her to fight people like, you know, Nunez and stuff. Like those kind of talks would start happening if she came in and just wiped Kayla Harrison like it was nothing or something like that. Um, but the, and, and like the flip side is Harrison, what I would expect to happen, like at this stage, I would expect Harrison to just ragdoll or get her to the ground and submit yep. her. Um, so I think that's you. way, sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying you got, I mean, you got what, what other plan is there if you're Kayla Harrison? It's right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that she'd be able to do it like, right. Like if this fight were to happen soon, Kayla Harrison just has more experience and she is a world-class level judo and uh, judoka and, and her submission game is, is great. And her ground game, the, w- the way she just gets women on the ground, just controls them and, and their ground and pound is, is vicious. Like she's not just laying on people. She's, it's, it's kind of like Habib. I mean, it's very, it's very impressive. And she's built so much. I mean, she just looks like a fighter, you know, like she, she, the, her shoulders and stuff, she's throwing like her, 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 um, her like uh, striking is getting better. And she just, she just built, you know, it's like, it's like back in the day, like when we watched pro wrestling, when you saw like all the women and then they're like, there was China and it was like, you know what I mean? She just looked different. It was like, yeah. she was just built oh, different. She was just built different. And she, I mean, she has so much potential still, Kayla Harrison. Like, I, I'm very, very high on her. Um, I think she would destroy Clarissa Shields right now. 
Uh, I'll, I'll go as far as to say that. I think she. I don't think she would have much problem getting close enough to her to just throw her to the ground. And then when it gets there, it's game over. So, but of course, Shields is going to have that that potential of knocking people out, of course. But so I think it's probably smarter to put Shields in there because here's the thing. I think at some point Shields versus Harrison could be really close. Like if Shields gets comfortable in there and she has good takedown defense and she learns some submissions and her striking is always going to be there. Like she could be a, a world champion level fighter right now. We just don't know it, but, and it's also risky about like, who do you put her against too? Cause you don't want to see him punk situation. Not, not that I think that that's what would happen with Shields. But you don't want a situation where it's like, you know, you go out and like find someone who you think Shields can beat, and then that person works Shields, and now like the whole experiment is is over it's already over. Yep. before you've even got the chance to make that money with someone like a Harrison, you know? Yeah, it's a slippery slope. It's a thing in so much of business, uh, sports, entertainment, whatever you want to call it. Every it's so hard to, to say we're going to wait on that check and really build when you see the zero, you know, we could do this in, in six months versus, you know, if it's a lot of ifs, though, it's a lot of moving parts. If this could stretch out to, towards end of the year, uh, maybe have um, shields, a couple of wins stacked up, maybe a couple of nice performances. That's a big, big, big money fight. But again, a lot of moving parts. Um, I can't. I, I love watching Carissa Shields in the in the Olympics. So I can't wait to see her get in there. Um, moving on, man, because this this actually story links in with our first uh, matchup we're going to talk about. But Bones Jones, who is very beloved on this show, uh, it's the goat. Um, he came out, man, and said he has absolutely no intention of ever going back to light heavyweight. I know we talk about it, I think, every show that anytime someone says it's never going to happen, it usually means it is going to happen. But I still got to ask, uh, where are you on the level of, of Bones? Is he, it, it, Does he ever fight at light heavyweight again? Is he telling the truth or is he just really pushing the narrative again that, you know, it's heavyweight Bones time? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he would go back down. Like, what? he had nothing left to prove as a light heavyweight. The only thing that could possibly happen is, which well, I know we'll talk about, but if Adesanya beats Blahovich, then, you know, if Adesanya talks enough shit, which he's very good at doing. Adis- and by the way, I'm a big Adesanya fan. I, I like his shit talk. I, I like the way he fights. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of what he's doing. I'm also a fan of John Jones for the same reasons. Um I think Adesanya holding that belt, if he talked enough shit, I think it might be able to lure Jones back down because there's so much beef there already. <clears throat> but I also think it's just as likely that Adesanya is willing to go up to heavyweight. He's, he's said he's not afraid to go from middleweight all the way up to heavyweight. And uh, and if you're Jones, like, you know, once you get to a certain size, you I don't think you want to have to cut all that off. Like, He's going to be a much healthier and happier guy at heavyweight. And I think he's going to be just as successful. I think John Jones, the only, I, the only person I think at heavyweight that is a problem for John Jones, like a real problem is Nganu and, and Stipe to a degree as well. But like, I really think Jones beats all those guys. Like, and so like, I, I think Jones going to be the world champion at heavyweight and why, 
and why uh why cut all that weight again and get back down to 205 no i totally agree uh with you yeah as i said linked um in the middle of that uh our first matchup we're, we're kind of in the midst of talking about it was announced i believe it's confirmed for ufc 259 in march Jan, uh, Jan is going to defend that light heavyweight title against motherfucking Israel Adesanya, middleweight champ, light heavyweight champ. Uh, Izzy and Bones has been the rumor mill for months. Um, this also means, of course, no title shot for Glover. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you saw that the fight was locked in? My initial reaction was Glover got boxed out. That sucks. Same, um, dude. I know. <laughs> I hate that it's a negative, but my my I, I thought right away I go, damn it, I, it's that sucks so bad for Glover. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I'm happy that we're getting out of Sonny Blahovich because it is an interesting fight. But I mean, Adesanya kind it's like he has unfinished business with Whitaker and he and he doesn't like he decisively beat him. Yeah, like so if I'm Adesanya, I'm not like nipping at the bud to get a rematch because he. You know, he destroyed Whitaker the first time, but Whitaker has definitely earned another title shot at this point. And so, like, he's getting boxed out also during this. So, like, Whitaker's getting boxed out. He's going to be in limbo. And same with Teixeira. And if I'm Teixeira, like, I think I think Whitaker has a little bit more kind of a, I don't know what the right word is, a little more... Uh, there's no way of putting it how I want to. Basically, with 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 Whitaker right now, I think his family is what's most important to him. Like he's taken a lot of time okay. off between fights. He wants the title shot, but I think he's okay with waiting a minute. Like I don't think he's going to be out there like trying to get more fights. Um, and he's also still relatively young and stuff. With with Teixeira, I think Teixeira's in the mindset where it's like I need to get in there like right now because I just I don't have much time left in this sport. Like and and I've, I'm at number one contender, so like he's at a point where he shouldn't have to fight anyone else, and he's ready to go probably right now, and he's gonna have to wait on. Now I'm okay with all this though if Teixeira gets the next shot, but what worries me is if Asan if Adesanya wins, I don't think it'll be Adesanya Teixeira because you got to figure out what's going on at middleweight if he goes back down to defend against Whitaker. You got to figure out if he wants to fight John Jones. I just don't see them doing Adesanya versus Teixeira. Um, if Blahovich retains, I think that they do Teixeira versus Blahovich. I think that's like a no-brainer, and they just go ahead and do that next. So that that's the thing. Like, so if I'm Teixeira, I sit out and hope that Blahovich retains that belt because that's your that's your key to your next title shot. If Adesanya wins, there's just too many questions about where he fights next, like what weight class and, and who and stuff, you know. It is, and it's it, the age has to come in. I know Glover. We talk about he looked so good in 2020. Um, I, I mean, even before that, right? We go back his last loss, uh, Corey Anderson, back in the summer of 2018. But the last two years at, at light heavyweight, uh, Glover's really showed that he still got the juice. But 41 years old. Uh, how long do you wait? Uh, it's that hard thing, man, of like time does not care. Um, it, it's always going to be there. And uh, and every, you know, every month that goes by, it's, it's such a bummer um, because, 
you know, how many more years does Glover Share have? I know it's, you know, he can he can rest and all that, but I'm a big believe I'm a big believer. I like, you know, look at Kevin Holland last year, five and zero, staying active. I know Glover wants to to be in there, um, but is it even worth taking? You know, if he takes another fight and loses, maybe that's back of the line. It's just it's that really hard part of the fight game now of of waiting is probably the answer, but man, it, it's just. It's it's got to be hard um, for someone that's been in the game as long as he is. Thirty nine fights, thirty two and seven, um, to have to have to just be told now. All right, man, you fought. Now you just you hang out. Yeah, I mean, I know I've said it before on this show. Also, like if there was some sort of issue where there for some reason they couldn't put together and Ganu and Miocek and like Jones wasn't available or whatever, like give Glover a heavyweight title shot for all I care. Like the guy just, he's earned a title shot. Like he's done enough to get a title shot. So, and he had it. The only other title shot he's ever had was a long time ago. And he's somehow he's a better fighter now than he was then. Uh, you know, he's, he had his, his downs where he, you know, he lost some big fights, but what he's doing right now is super impressive. So I, I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's a tough spot to be in. If you're Glover to share like just kind of having to wait and, like you've earned it, but yep. now you have to wait and watch somebody who, I mean, Adesanya has earned it as well, but for completely different reasons. Like what he's done at middleweight is really, really impressive, but he's never fought at light heavyweight. And a lot of this, I think, just has to do with his beef with John Jones and the UFC trying to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about the the fight just for a second. I know you know it's March, a lot of things could happen. We'll get into a full blown, you know deep dive of a prediction uh, when we get a little closer, but Izzy starts off uh, out in Vegas, at least heavy favorite in this fight. Um, what, what do you know? Or, uh, what do you think of that? I mean, I know it's not a surprise. I probably would have guessed Izzy would have been a, an open as a heavy favorite, but having it, seeing it here. Um, and we've talked about the power uh, of Blakovich. It's, I don't know, man, it feels like maybe it's a shock the world moment, but, um, but what do you think about Izzy opening as that big of a favorite? I don't think it's really surprising because there's a ton of hype around him, which is well-deserved hype. Like it, he's, it isn't hype beast hype. It's hype. It's like legit, legit hype. Like what he's, especially what he did to Paulo Costa just destroyed him. And I thought Costa was going to be like the one that he thrown him and it wasn't even close. Um, so, and of course we did the Whitaker and stuff like Adesan is, he, he's earned the hype that he has. Uh, and I think there's still, for whatever reason, I think there's still a lot of people that don't think Blahovich is like totally for real. Cause he never beat Jones for that belt. And, and like the guys he did beat were guys that Jones had just beaten like to get to the spot that he's in. Um, that said though. I don't bet against Blahovich. Like that's been my dude for a minute now. And I I think I mean, I think Adesani has a lot more tools to win, but that Polish power of of uh Blahovich, that's for real. If but it's the same kind of thing. Like I picked um I thought the Romero had a really good shot against Adesanya. I picked uh Costa over Adesanya. I was really wrong with that one. I think I picked Whitaker over Adesanya as well, and I was super wrong about that. And it's a very similar fight, Blahovich and the guys I just mentioned. Uh, so I should pick Adesanya. Like I really, I, on paper, I should pick Adesanya, but like 
as far as a prediction, I'm I think I'm gonna go Blahovich just because for the same reasons. I think if he can catch Adesanya, like what he's been able to do to the other people he's been fighting lately, he's just been dropping people. And you know, I think he could do that to Adesanya also. It, it's a it's a super interesting matchup. No, it is. It's like two two lessons or two rules, I should say, meeting at once. Don't bet against Adesanya. Uh, I never bet against uh, Blahovich now, and here we are. I'm with you, though. I think my initial gut reaction, I think Blahovich wins. I think it's a gutsy move by Israel Adesanya. I know he's super confident. He should be. He'll fight anybody in the world. Um but there's something about this matchup. Maybe I'll change my mind and get a you know a couple of days out. Um, but I really feel like we might see Blahovich shock some people because I know a lot of there's going to be a lot of money on Izzy in that fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and that might be smart bets. I, I it's just yeah, it's it's a really it's a hard one to predict, which makes it a really good fight. I mean, that's but it, it's the that's what we live for. It, it is, but, it, but it's just the ramifications of like the rest of the divisions that I kind of like. I because here's the thing: I like super fights. Like when Cejudo was bouncing around and Connor and those guys, uh, Cormier and all that. Like I, I like watching guys attempt to win multiple belts. Um, we've also seen it not work out. Like when BJ Penn got destroyed by GSP in uh, in their second fight and all that kind of stuff. But I guess kind of the point is. I, like I, in theory, I really like what they're doing with this, but and I think the matchup is really good. It's just it just sucks that it's at the expense of guys like Teixeira and Whitaker and stuff who have who like have also definitely earned their shots and and they've done it within the division. So you know, people get it's one of these things where like if they didn't make Adesanya versus Blahovich, I don't think anybody would have been like asking for it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I agree. But like now that it's made, like it's a it's a great matchup. But I think had that never been brought up or discussed at all, and we just had Teixeira versus Blahovich and Whitaker Adesanya too, no one would have been out there like, oh, why isn't Adesanya fighting Blahovich? You know, like it it wouldn't have even been a thought. No, I had this is a one that I had not crossed my mind for whatever reason. Um... I'm excited for it. Definitely ramifications in three divisions now because all the rumors with Bones and what's going on with him in heavyweight now. Okay, I'm not doing light heavy anymore. Glover, what's going on with him? And, of course, we've already got um, – I can't remember who said it, but someone was wanting an interim middleweight title fight, and it's just like give it a couple of months. Jesus, guys. Let him <laughs> let him go up one time because what happens now? What if Izzy does do what he very well could um, – get and be the champ champ and then you kind of mentioned it not too long ago like he's ta- he's talked about fighting at heavyweight so what happens then is is Adesanya saying oh fuck it I'll fight the, the 265 guy like, I don't give a shit um a lot of questions man uh, again a lot of excitement um out of, out of a, uh, a fight not really that long away you know March I think it's March 6th so right at a couple of months away from a big time main event yeah for sure I mean, and, and honestly, if, if Adesanya wins the lead heavyweight title, I don't think he goes back down to middleweight. Like I, you rare, It rarely ever happens where a guy goes up, wins the title at the higher weight class, and then cuts weight to go back down. Go like, back down, yeah. I mean, because it just doesn't, like, it's like, why would you? You know, you're already the champion at a higher weight where you don't have to cut any weight. Like, 
you know, you're, it's the same difference. You're still making the same, like, you know, a percentage of pay-per-view points and, and all that stuff as you would as the champion of any other weight class. So, but, um, like if that did happen, just for the record, I'd do uh, Marvin Vittori versus Robert Whitaker for an interim oh, title. Yeah. That uh, that'd be the matchup for me. I think Vittori is very, yeah. I think Vittori is very much in that mix, and the other guys have either had title shots or have recently lost in title eliminators. Um, so, so I mean that's what I would do. Like if Whitaker, if Adesanya wins and he gives up that belt, uh, yeah, I'd do Vittori versus Whitaker to decide the new champ. Good stuff, man. Excited about it one more time. Early March, uh, UFC 259. Big-time uh, champ champ possibility for, for Israel Adesanya moving up. Light heavyweight title fight. Um, and, and Saturn news, uh, we we talked about it a little bit on Twitter, but uh, Chimeyev out again. This fight with Leon Edwards not going to happen. It appears that they're going to try to save Edwards for uh, this fight to happen, you know, in a few weeks, month, whatever, the first uh, the first little bit of the year. Um, so I guess a two-part question of um, do you agree with that? Do you think Leon should wait for this match? Should he get something else going on? And then the second, uh, less serious, but is this, do we just chalk it up to a curse fight and move on completely? Yeah, it's tough to know because the issues that Leon Edwards, or sorry, that uh, Chimeyev's having right now, from what I understand, is basically that he had COVID, is no longer testing positive for it, but the effect that it had on his lungs is more than what they expected. So, like, he's having a hard time, you know, training like he normally would and that kind of stuff. So they're, like, waiting till his lungs are, you know, better to before they can like finalize when they're going to have that fight. And I mean, I'm totally fine with postponing for those kind of reasons. I mean, for anyone in the pro wrestling world, like John Huber, uh, AKA Brody Lee, I mean, that there's no R. reason, R. you know, RIP for sure. And, and there's no reason to believe like his stuff was COVID related. Like, in fact, his family is saying the opposite that he was tested for COVID like a billion times and, and it had nothing to do with that. But I, I say this because, like, you know, if someone who we all thought was just like a totally healthy guy just dropped dead of, of this lung issue, like Brody Lee, um, we have to be careful when people like that we know have tested positive for COVID are having lung issues, like, because that's like something we can actually see and be like, you know what I mean? Like, it's something where, like, you know, if someone totally healthy can just pass away of these lung issues. We need to be careful exactly. when we when we know people have had COVID and they're dealing with this stuff. We just got we got to let them have their time to to figure that out. Well, across all platforms, man, it, the the human issue, yeah, you, he needs you know he needs to be able to to use those lungs. Um, but the business side too, man, like his name is not ever going. I mean, unless it's not going to be hotter. Chimeyev is so hot, it's just going to get mean more and get closer to that title. So. Uh, for every reason you don't want this to happen. I feel for Leon, this felt like a big moment for him because all that momentum, you know, if Leon Edwards won this match and he very well could, um, that puts, you know, that's a big dub for him. So it, it feels, um, I want to see it happen. Um, but it's like you were saying, the bigger issue now is hopefully 
you know, Chimeov can just be a healthy, you know, as healthy as he was a couple months ago when he was taking uh, the world by storm sooner rather than later. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is like, you know, when it comes to Leon Edwards and, you know, potentially finding him a new opponent and stuff, like, I totally agree. Like, I mean, Chimeov's name is, I mean, we both had him as the breakout fighter of the year. I mean, every, every outlet everywhere had to have, I mean, he was the breakout fighter and he, you know, people want to see him fight and he's a marketable guy very, very quickly. But part of this too, like, and I, this might be totally out of line for me to say, I don't know, but like, or even kind of have this mindset, but it's like Leon Edwards doesn't have an opponent right now. And, you know, he's like the number three ranked guy in the whole world. And, you know, it's like one of these things where I think Leon Edwards should have already had a title shot. And I think he's totally overlooked. And, you know, this is his opportunity to get a fight, even though it's like with a guy who, you know, like it's a huge risk for him to fight Chimeov. Like it's huge because if he loses, uh, he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't like drop down the rankings super far, but he goes from a guy who was like going to get a title shot to a guy who's not going to get a title shot. He's going to have to try to work his way back up again. And it was already the climb up to this point's already been a very long climb of beating a lot of really good fighters and just getting no respect over and over. And my big question is like, where the fuck is Masvidal at? Because like these guys have fucking. There's beef. heavy rumors. I don't know if you've heard heavy rumors. Sorry to cut you off. There's heavy rumors that they're trying to get Masvidal and Colby locked up um, before summer or around summer is what I've heard. Okay, well, if that's the case, I'm 100% down for that. So, yes, do do that fight. But if they're not doing that, because I guess my point was going to be, like, Edwards has basically been begging for a fight with Masvidal, and, and like, Masvidal's coming off that loss to Usman. The fight makes sense, and the beef is there, and people want to see it. So, like, you know, I'd like to see Edwards and Masvidal if, if Edwards can't get a replacement opponent anytime soon, if, if, if Shemayev's going to be out for a while. Um, but if they're going to do Colby and Masvidal, like that's, I mean, that is the fight to make, um, like, although Edwards definitely deserves it, I, I'm more interested in the buildup for Colby and Masvidal, especially because, especially because they're like on the same side politically and it's a very unpopular side to be on, especially like within that, well, I shouldn't say especially within the MMA world, but, um, them both being big Trump supporters. That's usually what gets Colby so much heat is like so much of his, you know, make America great again and that whole gimmick and stuff. And Masvidal actually like agrees with that. So you can't even have that as like a, I guess my point is it'll be interesting to see who people get behind and who people dislike. In the, what, well, well, I feel they, like most people are going to side with, with Masvidal still. They but, are. They're gonna, it, it, It's like, I think me and you've talked about it maybe off air before. It, there's like, there's not that people don't really connect Masvidal. You know, I know that Colby's played it into his character and that's why, but like, I would love there to be a journalist to, if they're doing any kind of presser for that, like to ask Masvidal, like, Hey, what do you think about his political? Cause like George, you'd have to be like, I, I'm kind of okay. You know what I mean? Like that moment yeah. would be hilarious to me. Yeah. I think, I mean, because I feel like Colby will bring that up. Like, I think they'll do, I think they'll have press conferences. I think, yeah, I think they'll have press conferences with both of them there and, you know, journalists or whoever asking questions. 
And there could even be fans in attendance at that point. I don't know. But hopefully. And I could, I mean, I could definitely imagine a scenario where people are like booing Colby and Colby's on the microphone, like, yo, look up Mazadal's tweets, man. He's saying the same stuff I am. <laughs> you know, like, 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 you're booing me. Like, um, but, uh, but I mean, I would, I would <laughs> heavily assume that Mazadal will be the, the baby face in that feud, uh, to give the wrestling definitely. analogy. Um, but, but it's still, that'll be before summer. Yeah. And that's still, and it's still interesting. I, I, because they're they're also longtime like really good friends who now hate each other, mm-hmm. but like, but do they really hate each other or like are both of them wait, huge yeah. wrestling fans? You know, like wait, wait, I, yeah. So I don't I don't know. I mean, I I'm interested in it though, and and that's a really interesting matchup too. Because uh, I think I think Colby takes him down to the ground, and uh, I think yeah. Colby wins that fight. So that's 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 an interesting. Very interesting matchup in the the buildup could be great. So yeah, I mean, if if they're making that, then yeah, I'm I'm all for that. All for it. Um, well, with Shemayov out, the new main event is Neil Magny versus Michael Chiesa. I know some fans, uh, some some pundits are not very happy with this as a main event. I can't lie, man. I'm kind of fired up for it. Me and you have been on this. Uh, this this wavelength of like Neil Magny is kind of not given the respect he deserves. He's like borderline Hall of Fame, we've said. And then Kiesa, we know, is just a rabid dog, man. I'm kind of here for this fight. Oh, yeah, 100%. This is an awesome matchup. And I know it's like we, we say that a lot about Magny, and it probably sounds insane. Like if someone listens to this show and they're like, Neil Magny, a fringe Hall of Famer. But then like you look at his record and like the stuff he's done – and how long he's been around. He's a guy who's, I would say right now, not Hall of Fame, but he's only like a couple big wins away from potentially being, you know, in a title fight. If he got a title fight, like there are people in the UFC Hall of Fame that now, granted, a lot of them are in like the fight wing. So like, that's a little bit different. But the point being, there are fighters that have done less better in the hall of fame than Neil Magny, in my opinion. Um, so, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the WWE hall of fame where people are, will be like, you know, like Christian doesn't deserve to be in the hall of fame. I'm like, well, but like fucking that Coco fuck beware, but like Coco, be- yeah. Coco beware's in there. You know what I mean? Like you can't say that Christian wasn't bigger than Coco beware for a longer amount of time. And this, you know what I mean? Like when there's certain people yeah. in the hall of fame, it justifies others to me, you know? No, I agree. I totally agree. I'm looking, you know, he's got wins over Gastelum, wins over Hendricks. That Hendricks came in over Wait For. Magny still got the win. Beat Carlos Condit, just beat Robbie Lawler back in August of last year. These are all former champions. Yeah, dude, he's 24 and 7, 33 years old. And uh, if he beats Michael Chiesa, man, that's like, that's a big deal if we're talking, I mean, is it crazy if Neil Magny can beat Michael Chiesa? Is it totally crazy to say he might get a title shot before the year is out? Um, it depends on how things shake shake down in the and division, I guess how I guess. impressive the win is. Like if he goes, like, I'm not, I don't think it's gonna happen. But like if Neil Magny goes out and finishes Michael Chiesa impressively, like that's gonna fucking like that's gonna open some eyes. Yeah, well, and, and the thing also is, like, Usman and Burns, I don't know when that's going to happen, but that's still supposed to be the next title fight. Yeah. Yep. And Magni actually, I think, matches up pretty decently against guys like that. Like, 
he's Magny is a really good grappler. And, you know, I would pick Usman or Burns over Magny probably, but I think that Magny, it isn't super far fetched to, to picture Magny in the octagon with, with Usman or Burns. Nope. No. Well, who do you got? Um, I know we'll we'll talk about it, but give me an early prediction on the uh, on that Kiesa Magni fight. Well, I'll I'll mention a lot of the stuff that I said about Magni. I can I can uh, echo for Kiesa. Um, not not so much like the Hall of Fame career as far as like all the people he's beaten, because that's the thing with Magni. He's beaten all these former champions, and he like won like five fights in a calendar year and stuff. Like he's done these other things, but Kiesa. On it, he's very, very impressive. I've been a fan of his since the Ultimate Fighter. I like him a lot. Um, and he's got a really sick ground game. That's what that's what's so good about this fight, is both guys are pretty good on the feet, but they're both really good on the ground. So how's that gonna play out if, if it comes down to that? And if it stays standing, who has the better stand-up? Because I think it's who probably pretty yes. Yeah, it's probably pretty yeah, even. I do too. So and if Kiesa wins, especially depending on how, like if one of these two submits the other. Because you look yep. at the rest of the division, like Damian Maya just re-entered the division. He's looking pretty good since he came back in. Um, Woodley is kind of on the downslide. Wonder Boy's looking good again. We don't really know where Masvidal is at because you're know, coming off that Usman loss. And if they do Masvidal and Colby, you know they're the two of them are going to be tied up. And like I said, I'd, I'd I'd predict Colby to win that fight. And then you have uh, Edwards and Chimeov is really the only other guys we're talking about. So you you probably have like the winner of Magni and Kiesa probably versus the winner of like, especially if this would have been happening on the same night, that would have made total sense to do the winner of Chimeov and Edwards versus the winner of Magni and Kiesa. Um, but, uh, and I also heard rumors that Magni was going to get the fight with Edwards if Edwards was going to stay on the show, that they that he would have oh, wow. been the one, it would have been Edwards versus uh, Magni. Um, so I don't, and that would have been, and that would have been great. I, I would have been totally fine with that if that would have happened. Uh, but then you got to find a replacement for Chiesa, but, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's possible that Matt, I don't know if Magny gets a title shot this year, but I think if he beats Chiesa and then he beats another top level guy, he's probably like one or where it stands right now, he's probably like two or three wins away from like a potential title shot, but He's, it's a lot of people that I think he could beat. Yeah, Kiesa, sorry, 3-0 three, three right now. Sorry, his three last fights, he's 3-0 oh in those. Beating Condit, Carlos Condit, Diego Sanchez, and Rafael Dos Anjos. What a, like, what a three for, for Kiesa yeah. heading into this. Uh, of course, his most recent fight, a year ago almost, January 25th, 2020, where he beat RDA. Yeah, well, former champions there as well. Very impressive. Big time main event. Uh, can't wait for it, man. Well, only a couple fights left. Uh, of course, the big debut one we're going to talk about last. Uh, I just wanted your quick thoughts on. So uh, March 20th, Kevin Holland back in the cage one on one with Derek Brunson. I knew Derek Brunson had won his last couple. I did the little homework. Three fight winning streak uh, for Brunson right now. The only time we saw him last year, of course, he finished. Uh, Shabazian in the third round uh, back in August. So Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland is a go, my dude. Yeah, I like the matchup. Uh, Holland sitting at number 10 at the rankings and Brunson's at seven right now. Fight makes sense. Holland, obviously, how many wins was it last year? Five, something like that. 
five and zero, oh, and I, I have to bring it up every time. The last one being that sick finish, finished fucking Jacare, bro. Yeah, that was like the when Jacare was on his knees, like getting choked with one hand, bending backwards and getting punched in the face. That was that was brutal to do that to Jacare is so damn impressive. Um, so uh, again, not a prediction. Who? Do you, I, who would you say is the favorite? I know Brunson, the vet, but how do you pick against Kevin Holland right now? Yeah, it's – I think I got to go with Holland, yeah. I think he just riding that wave, that hot streak. But Brunson's – that's a big test. That's a big uh, – I mean, I, I can't really say step – well, kind of – I don't really want to say step up because Jacare is like, you know, yeah. a legend. But um, Brunson – is a damn good fighter with a lot of good wins. And yeah, I, I think I got to go Kevin Holland, but that, it's a really, really good matchup. Yeah. I'm fired up for it. That's a, uh, again, March, uh, shaping up to be a heck of a month for the, for us in the MMA fan community. Okay, man, we're here. The big fight. We've really been dancing around January 23rd. Uh, just, you know, let we're less than three weeks away. From Michael Chandler finally making his debut in the octagon with Dan Hooker, um, I I mean I jumped out of my seat when I saw the matchup because of what we just saw to Dan Hooker with that fight in Poirier, one of both of our favorite fights of the year. Um, what do you think about the matchup for for Chandler? And that's on the same card as Poirier and and Connor, right? I believe it is UFC two fifty seven. I'll double check right now. But um, but that is a that's a well of a debut. It is it is Poirier and, and McGregor. We've got Chandler Hooker. Um, that's a big pay per view, bro. Yeah, it's nice to see that because historically speaking, they they tend to not. I'd have to look back to double check, but like I feel like a lot of the time that someone like Connor fights or Habib. I was actually talking to my stepbrother earlier today about this a little bit, but how a lot of the time they don't really put a whole lot of stuff on the undercards. Like it's pretty much they're selling the pay-per-view because Connor's on it. And then if he were to drop off, the rest of the show is fairly weak. So I, I like that they've done this um, because it's, and it also serves as a backup because I'd imagine that Hooker or Chandler would get the main event if something happened to, right. you know, one of the other um Especially if there was a title on the line, which there should be at this point. I mean, Habib said he's done. Like, he said it multiple times at this point, And he thinks that Conor Fourier should fight for the belt. So, they should do that. So, I... But, as far as Chandler and, and Hooker, um, I like the matchup. I think it's a very... Now, granted, they were going to put Michael Chandler in the title fight if Habib or Gaethje fell out. So, like, he's going to get thrown into the Wolves either way but this is a tall task i mean dan hooker is uh, he's that dude like he's like that dude in the division i would not want to fight like uh, if th- there's a lot of people in that division i, w- I wouldn't want to fight to be fair but <laughs> but he's the kind of guy where like i think on any night dan hooker can beat anyone in, the, in that division i i i habib excluded we gotta take habib out all this because i'd say habib over everyone but I say, and I also obviously I bring up Charles Oliveira all the time, but that's for totally different reasons. I think I think Hooker can go in there, and he's just tough as hell. His fight with Poirier that I think you had as the fight of the year in our awards, um, yeah, this past year. Yep. 
I mean, that fight was just incredible, and that could have gone either way. I think Poirier did enough to win. I'm not upset with the decision, but that's a fight I'd love to see again. Um, I think Hooker, I mean, and he's he's like still entering his prime, in my opinion. I don't think Hooker's even yeah. like peaked. So, um, I mean, I'm taking Hooker in the fight as far as predictions. Like, I, I think he, uh, I, I'm going to put this gen- gently, I guess. I think he, I, I, I'm very confident he beats, he finishes Michael Chandler. I, I think he doesn't have much problem with them, to be honest. I think Hooker is just that good. And I think Chandler has had a damn good career. And I think he could totally be like a UFC champion level guy. But, you know, we've also seen scenarios where guys like Justin Gaethje, we thought that about him. He came in and Cowboy Cerrone smoked him in his first UFC fight. Like we, I, I just, there's a diff, there's just, no matter how experienced you are, there is a difference in, in joining the UFC. Some guys, there's no, it, it just translates right over. But to go into there against a guy like Dan Hooker, that's that's a serious set of balls because I think Dan Hooker goes in there and uh, I think he I think he lays a smackdown, dude. I, I, I think Dan Hooker gets a finish within like the first two rounds. Big time prediction, man. I, I want to argue it. Um, because I'm a big Michael Chandler guy. He seems uh, like he a actually, great guy. Seems like he a great lives guy. in Nashville too. Yeah. That dude, that's fucking cool, dude. Um, I don't think you're wrong. I don't. I think Dan Hooker is supremely underrated. Even after this, uh, this fight of the year for me with Poirier, um, he still doesn't get talked about enough. I think you're right. I think he finishes Chandler. Hooker opened as a pretty big favorite in Vegas. Uh, the last time we we saw Michael Chandler, for those that have forgot or is asking, uh, back in uh, in August of 2020, I remember him. He actually finished Benson Henderson. Uh, fight before that was December 2019. He finished Sydney Outlaw. But those are, I mean, we were talking about steps and half a steps. Like this is leaps and bounds. If we're talking about Benson Henderson in August versus catching Dan Hooker right now, man. Um, it's an exciting fight. I'm going to be fired up for it, but I think this could be a, a big statement kind of win for Dan Hooker heading into this year. It could be. I want to make a quick correction because I, I just realized I accidentally said Justin Gaethje. I meant to say Eddie Alvarez a second ago Yes. about Eddie Alvarez making his debut and, and Cowboy Cerrone destroying him. When Gaethje and Cerrone fought, uh, Gaethje uh, slept Cowboy uh, pretty pretty devastatingly, but... Um, but Alvarez came in, same kind of thing. Alvarez and Chandler have a history. Uh, the Bang history. Al- yeah, but, but, but I'm sure you remember when Alvarez came in. Eventually, he went, he became the UFC champion. But that first yep. fight with Cowboy, Cowboy went in there and just he just put a beat down on him. So, and that's just kind of where my head's at with it. Is like if you're Michael Chandler in there with, with now, granted, Michael Chandler could go in there and just he's a very well-rounded fighter. He could go in there and maybe. Uh, get some wrestling in there and and take it to the ground. He's got good striking too. I just think Hooker's striking is superior to to Chandler's. But I mean, it's a good matchup. It's a great it's a great fight to see where Chandler's at in the division because if Chandler wins, you know he's a legitimate you know top five guy. If um if Hooker wins, then it's another big win for him and that keeps him in the top five. And Hooker's next fight is probably, you know, like probably the winner of Poirier and, and Connor or a fight with Oliveira or something like that. Like it'll be a big or even like Ferguson or something or, you know, like there's 
they're basically Dan Hooker's in a really good spot if he beats Chandler still. So, um, you know, it may, it's a fight that makes sense for both guys. It's a humongous opportunity for Michael Chandler, though. No matter all he's done outside the UFC, um, that doesn't really matter when you join the UFC. Like that's that that's in the past. Like we saw it happen to Krokop. You know, like I, I mean, I mean, Krokop's my favorite heavyweight fighter of all time, and I love that he got you know he got some wins on his way out. But at first, there it was like you know. I was, you know, I could only say so much about, about Krokop, like to my friends who weren't paying attention to pride came in he smoked Eddie Sanchez, which is just a can. And then when he got knocked out by Gonzaga, it was like, you know, it it just didn't matter. Like everything I had said about this guy just didn't matter anymore because that happened, you know? So like, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting fight. I got to go with Hooker though. Fucking Mirko Krokop fucking fought. Last fought February 2019, beat Big Country Roy Nelson. Motherfucker, this guy won his last, like, 10 fights before he retired. Yeah, and he was supposed to fight again, uh, and he had some sort of, like, it's some sort of, I don't know if it was a heart thing or a neck thing. It was something where, like, they found out if he got hit again, like, he could die or something. It was, like, something really oh, yeah. serious. Neck. Previous neck issues, which hindered his movement. And he was strictly forbade him to fight, fearing that a blow might render him paralyzed. So, yeah, motherfucker, 38, 11, and 2. That guy, Mirko Krokop, bro, we got to do, we just got to talk about him forever because that guy was the truth. Yeah, he really was. I mean, he was my favorite fighter in Pride. Um, Him and Dan Henderson were my guys. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there was a lot. I had a lot of guys back then. Like, there was a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. But those are, like, the two that were really... Like I was like when Dan Henderson knocked out Vanderlei Silva for the middleweight title, which, you know, the light heavyweight technically, it was their middleweight title. But anyways, for those of you who might not have watched Pride, the middleweight title was the 205 title. And Go Pride, watch Pride but, right now. Find it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Crow, I mean, still to this day, like Crow Cop versus Fedor is like one of my favorite fights ever. And Fedor won. Uh, and Crow Cop never got that rematch. But nope. Well, that's another thing we could talk about. I don't know if we're out of topics, but there was one other thing uh, that I could bring up. I don't know where that, we're at, though. Yeah. Was, there, was, there any, was there anything left? Well, no, our, I was, uh... yeah, that was the last thing I had was the Chandler-Hooker fight. Okay, well, perfect. And this is a good transition just because I thought about it. But um, I see that there are basically Fedor is saying he's going to have a retirement fight. And he said that a lot of times, so I don't necessarily believe it. Yeah. But it sounds like Bellator is trying to market and put together a Fedor farewell fight this year. And the top two names that have apparently been like begging for the fight are Josh Barnett and Tito Ortiz. So what do you think about that? Because personally, I feel like Barnett probably deserves it more. But at the same time, he had that opportunity like. He that the whole reason the Affliction MMA brand closed like as a fighting organization is because Barnett failed the drug test when he was supposed to fight Fedor. So like right. he had it. So like he had his chance, and like he failed the drug test. Um. So like personally, I'd like to see Tito get the chance. Um. Just because we've never seen it before, and Tito's like still actually looking better than he should as far as like how old he is and how many fights and injuries he's had. 
So I think like I think Barnett makes more sense, but personally, I'm more interested in Tito. But what what do you think about yeah. uh, about that? Kind of the same same. I, I I would say Barnett definitely should get the spot, but for whatever reason, I think I think Fedor and Tito sells more. It makes more money. So the business person in me is saying I would probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who do you think would win? Like if it regardless of like you know. If it was Tito or Barnett, who do you th- do you think Fedor beats them both, or do you think one of the other? Or... Man, after what I've seen out of Tito the last little bit, I hate to admit it, um, but I think I would not be shocked if Tito fucking beat Fedor. Um, Barnett's kind of got some. I think Barnett would be a little more like that'd be more wrestling based. Tito would be too, but Tito would be in there looking to like he would actually be trying to finish a motherfucker. I think so. I would strangely probably think Tito might win that if Barnett and Fedor. Um, I think Fedor might. I don't know Barnett, Barnett's headspace in that would be kind of weird because he'd be so respectful about it. It would almost be like it could almost actually feel more like re- like pro wrestling to me than anything if it were Barnett and him. Yeah, which and I get what you're saying there because Barnett has talked about that before, like the level of respect he has for Fedor and like yeah. it'd probably be like weird. Like, he wants the fight, but I also think that we've seen Fedor fight people before that have, like, just so much respect for him, and then Fedor just, like, drops them immediately. Like, they kind of, like, have their guard down, and Fedor just swarms them. And, uh, and yeah, I can kind of see that happening. I think I'm with you. I think Fedor beats Barnett, but Tito yeah. beats Fedor. Yeah. No, there's got to be that aura, man. It's like, you know, if you're a big fucking lebron james fan or whatever and you're playing him in basketball like the aura alone of the understanding the magnitude of that moment man it, it's got to be weird so that's just basketball let alone like being in a, a cage or a ring or whatever and like holy shit that's fucking that's fedor like <coughs> i gotta watch out for everything with that guy and then while you're thinking that he just punches you in the nose yeah exactly with the yeah. chin yeah, Fucking Fedor, so, bro. I'd be in on it, though. I'd be down to watch Fedor fight again. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, they're marketing it like his, it's his final fight. But, I mean, I feel like if they've done Kopop that a lot If only had one more in the tank, that would be the fight. That's the retirement yeah. fight right there. That that would be. And, unfortunately, I think that was, like, a possibility um, before they found out Krokop had that injury. Because he was supposed to fight. I think he was, like, training for someone else, if I remember correctly. And that's when, like, they found out that he had that neck the neck issue was as bad as it was, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just the fight that, you know, at least we got it the one time. And that was yeah. back when Crow cop was clearly the number two heavyweight in the world. And Crow cop was clearly the number one. And that was, uh, that was a fun time to be a fan of MMA fucking pride days. Pride never die. Pride never die. Um, yeah, man, good shit. Good start to the year. We got uh, we got cards back next week, so we'll be back next week doing some previews, doing some predictions, uh, maybe probably some more news who who got cut and whatnot. The way things have been going, but um, thanks for hanging out with us. Of course, if you are obliged, please follow me over on Twitter at Mo's Kobk. Um, always a good time, man. Yeah, always good, man. I appreciate you doing this again. Always fun. And uh, if you want to follow me, my Twitter is fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. I think we'll probably have a live chat with Jesse David on her YouTube channel talking uh, probably AEW and 
if there's anything we're talking about coming off of Raw tonight or something, I don't know. We kind of stay away from WWE most of the time now, but me and Jesse will probably talk pro wrestling tomorrow on our YouTube channel. So y'all can find that at Jesse Davin. That's J E S S I D A V I N on YouTube. Uh, what else is coming up? All things MMA. I had another video drop yesterday. It is the 10 most title fight wins in UFC history. So if you want to check that out, that's available at All Things MMA on YouTube. And I'm currently editing another video that should probably go up later this week or this weekend or some, sometime soon. So if you like MMA and you enjoy this show, you'll probably like those videos too. I've got a... I think I'm doing a, I think I'm doing a guest spot on a podcast. I think it'll probably be on Friday or Saturday. I don't know when it'll upload, but um, a buddy of mine, Justin, is doing. We're doing a retro review, basically, where we're going to talk about uh, 2001, or sorry, the year 2000 of uh, of ECW, the last like full year of ECW. I think is what we're talking about. So that'll be fun because I haven't watched a lot of that stuff in a really well, long be good. time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So I think that's going to be this weekend, and I'll I'll tweet all the links out and stuff, um, you know, on my Twitter when all that stuff's available. And of course, the Fightful Select Weekender podcast, where um, I talk about pretty much independent wrestling and NWA, Ring of Honor. I'll be talking about New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom on this upcoming show on Saturday or on Sunday. I'll be watching the show today and tomorrow. Um, so. So, yeah, a lot of wrestling stuff over there at FightfulSelect.com. Y'all can check that out if you like the Weekender podcast. And I think there was something else that I'm missing. But, uh, yeah, I can't think. I think that's everything, pretty much. So I put everything on Twitter. Just check that out, FightTalk underscore. Um, yeah, anything else from you, Moe? No, man. Uh, I look forward to talking about TNA with you soon, LOL. Yes, for sure as this helicopter goes over my place. Um, yeah, yeah. me and Moe's were talking about doing some like retro TNA reviews sometime soon here on this Fight Talk podcast feed. That'd be, uh, that'd be a lot of fun. We can talk about the asylum years of TNA, like the early, like, like 2002, yes. like 2006 or something. We'll figure out some years to talk about, some matches, shows, all that kind of stuff. And uh there's actually something about that that just reminded me about something, and I've already forgotten about it. There's something shout I feel like Pluto I need to be. TV yeah, shout Degrassi. out. Shout out Pluto TV and Degrassi, the next generation. Um, man, I don't want to forget it because I, I keep feeling that like there's something I need to bring up. Oh, yeah. Um, make sure to. <laughs> this, this is the most. I don't even need to bring it up, and now I might as well. Um, Five-star ratings, subscribe, rate, all that stuff. Like, if you're not subscribed to the podcast feed, please subscribe. It's totally free. Um, if you're on, a, a like, a Sp- uh, Spotify and that kind of stuff where you can follow, just hit the follow button. Once again, totally free. And it helps out the uh, the, the podcast and everything a lot when y'all do that. Any five-star reviews or, or high-ranking scores or anything you can give us, uh, we appreciate a lot. Over the past year... So I think we were like the number like of all the of all the shows that go through the Potomatic server, which is where I upload from, and then it just shoots out to all the all the things, all the different feeds. Uh, I think we averaged on around like some. We were in the it was in the top fifty of all the sports podcasts, and within like the top thousand of like all their podcasts or something. So Damn. 
really, really happy with everyone who's listens to this show and um, just the support and everything. It's uh, we had a really good uh, 2020 and 2021 is going to be even better, especially if we add more of this stuff. Like I was just talking about with me and Mo's talking TNA and talking, talking uh, MMA and me and Jesse doing our thing on the pro wrestling side. And I'll get some more interviews for y'all and talk to some more indie wrestlers and try to break a little news here and there for y'all. So we'll, uh, good, I'm very optimistic for 2021. And thank you very much to jump in Johnny Mosley here for joining me, uh, along the ride this past year. So always bro. Yeah, man. Well, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate y'all listening. Thank you so much. We'll be back next Monday talking some more mixed martial arts.